Welcome to this podcast episode and we hope you learn from, think about and enjoy our sleepover. You can also find us at Sustainable Sleepover Club on Instagram. This episode focused on goal 12, sustainable consumption and production. On the 24th of April 2013, the Rana Plaza building in Bangladesh collapsed. 1,138 people died and another 2,500 were injured, making it the fourth largest industrial disaster in history. Since then, people from all over the world have come together to use the power of fashion to change the world. Fashion Revolution is now a global movement of people like you, here to tell a different story about the clothes we wear. They believe we need to change these three M's. One, model. Fashion is now one of the most globalized industries. A single product may span multiple continents before reaching the shop floor. We need to rethink this model. Fashion revolution calls for transparency, accountability and then change from brands. So now it's time to ask ourselves, who made my clothes? Material. Fashion has a huge and often negative social and environmental impact. The production of clothing and the way we take care of our clothes after we buy them use up a lot of land, water, energy, chemicals and produces too much waste. It is estimated that we make 400 billion metre squares of textiles annually. It takes 2,720 litres of water to make a t-shirt. That's how much we normally drink over a three-year period. In the Guangdong in China, young women face 150 hours of overtime each month. 60% have no contract, 90% no access to social insurance. Growing the fibres for our clothes, processing, dyeing and treating garments requires a cocktail of chemicals, some known to be toxic, that are contaminating waters with certain rivers in China having turned red. 3. Mindset If we want to see fashion become a force for good, we're going to have to change the way we think about what we wear and why we wear it. We need to love our clothes more. Because the CO2 emissions from our clothes doesn't just come from the production, but also how we wear it, machine wash it, tumble dry it, and dispose of it. In the last 15 years, clothing production has approximately doubled. In the same time, the number of times a garment is worn has decreased by 36%. Around 300,000 tonnes of used clothes go to landfill in the UK every year with a pair of socks getting to landfill on average in one week to five months and a teacher taking one to six weeks. Remember, waste isn't waste until we waste it. So, be curious, look at the label and get thinking. Find out, then do something. Buy less, buy secondhand or vintage, upcycle, swap, tailor, donate, buy better or artisan if you can afford to. We have to remember that not everyone can take these steps. But actually, buying better or secondhand can be so much cheaper, especially if we just reduce how often we buy clothes. However, we also need to pressure corporations and governments to make sustainable changes and hold them accountable to the destruction they are causing to lives and the planet. Once again, ask, who made my clothes? So our guest today is Caitlin Lowry, who is a Galway-based 22-year-old who has a passion for sustainable fashion. She wants to give people the opportunity to venture into second-hand clothes, so began making styling bundles customed to anyone's style, taste and size. A bit of a different way to get into second-hand fashion, but it's a great way to show that what can be achieved with €50 and a bit of Depop and eBay. So hi Caitlin, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Good. I'm really excited to hear your answers and everything. Oh, me too. <laughs> I think the idea behind your cyber stylist um, is incredible. And can you tell us a little bit about why you love um, and are passionate about secondhand and sustainable fashion? Oh, yes, of course. Um, I got really into it. I kind of accidentally got into it when I was about 15 or 16. Um I kind of had a bit of a different taste to what everyone else was wearing. And I didn't really like the clothes that they were selling in new look or pennies. Um, like for basic bits, they were fine, but like the actual style of clothes, I wasn't a fan of. So I kind of took to charity shops 
and I bought a lot of my clothes there just because it was a cheaper option as well. Like when I'm, you're 16 going into town, like you have a tenor to your name or something. So charity shops gave me the option to like get really, really cool clothes for quite cheap. So I got into it then. I kind of didn't even realize that it was sustainable or helping the environment in any way. And then I watched a few videos when I was doing my fashion design course, maybe about two years ago. And that's when I kind of knew the impact fast fashion had on the world. And I got really into it then. And it became kind of a passion for me um, to kind of just spread the word, but also just about sustainable fashion, the overconsumption of it and the whole thing. So, yeah, that's how I got into it um, about three or four years ago. Well, and I think it's really um like really exciting that you kind of got into sustainable fashion before you knew about it being sustainable. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that's really exciting um, for everyone listening that there are other benefits as well. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned um, customizing. So how would you make each bundle kind of special for everyone um, in terms of style, taste and size? Um, so when people send me like what they want for a bundle they could be quite vague but then some people can be really specific like they send a whole Pinterest board and I ask for their exact measurements and also how they like their clothes to fit so like I would like my clothes to fit kind of oversized I'm not too fond of tight clothing but then other people could love tight clothing and I can't just assume that everyone likes the same style of clothes I like so when I go about, I kind of really take everything into account. Like someone could be a certain size. They like clothes fit in this way, this style I want. And I just will check Depop charity shops. Um, if I see something in a charity shop, like that would really suit them. I'll buy that. And then a few other pieces that I could maybe use in the future for someone with the same style. So that's how I kind of go about it. Cool. That's really interesting. Um, and do you have any advice um, to give someone trying to trying, trying to move away essentially from fast fashion into a more sustainable wardrobe? Yeah. So I think the first thing to do is really kind of take a step back and look at what you have in your own wardrobe. Mm. Just because some of your clothes might be fast fashion doesn't mean that it's bad. Um, and I think you have to like look at what you have, how you can style those pieces. It's all about finding your own style as well. Um, Realising what you like, what you don't like. And then the kind of whole thing about over-consuming. So you don't need to buy a whole new wardrobe when you find out your new style. Um, you can kind of work on what you have and then slowly incorporate pieces into that. So it will take time, but it's just kind of learning. Like instead of going to Penny's and Zara doing like a full shop, maybe like go to a few charity shops with your friends and make it like a fun day out or see who can get the best outfit for under 20 euro and kind of make a challenge out of it. So just kind of slowly incorporate into your life and not having to make a drastic change overnight. And then just the whole thing with overconsuming, just kind of look at what you have and realize that you don't need as much clothes as you do want. Like I used to be so bad with buying loads of clothes, but I've kind of realized in the past, not even a year that I just really need to cut back on what I buy and I don't need as much things as I do. And it's the same with everyone else out there. We don't need as much clothes as we have. Yeah, definitely. Um, and even a lot of the clothes that we are like buying, they're not even made to last. So, you know. Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. So even when we buy them. Um, and as well, like the idea um, that you kind of have like made come, made come to life essentially is this like, are the bundles, which are really interesting, yeah. like a couple outfits. And is there a reason you went for those like rather than just tops and trousers Um and you know different kind of individual items and um, yeah is there a reason you decided to go with the idea of the bundles I think um I was really obsessed with this girl her name is internet girl on Instagram and YouTube and she was kind of the first I think she was the first person who got like really really famous for making the styling bundles I think she started about five years ago um but she like rose to fame with them and people were like trying to get in her drops and they were so expensive. I think they were like $300 for like two outfits. And I finished my styling certificates last year and one of my friends suggested I do it and it'd be something I really would be into. And I kind of thought it was a different way to go about it because a lot of people have vintage shops or they sell vintage bits here and there and or else they make jewelry sustainably. But I kind of wanted a bit something different, a bit unique because I don't think there's too many people in Ireland that kind of do styling bundles. So like maybe I'm one of the, like the first people or I'm not sure. I don't want to say that I'm the first, but there's definitely more out there, but I just wanted something a bit different on the market. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it's certainly like kind of, as we mentioned, it's a, it's a slightly easier way because 
it can be a bit of a minefield trying to get into secondhand fashion initially as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned that you kind of got into like using charity shops and sustainable fashion before you kind of knew the impacts of fast fashion really. Um, yeah. And there is a lot like with um, like the, the social and the environmental impact. So I was just wondering like where did you kind of start researching fast fashion and do you have any like kind of like tips or any resources where you kind of found out that information and got passionate about um, the ne- negative side of fashion? Yeah, so I remember, I think it was early 2019, Keila Moncrief uploaded a video about how bloggers can affect the um, environment by like posting so many fast fashion hauls and promoting it so much. And I never thought about that way because I did always know fast fashion bad, but in my head it wasn't, I kind of didn't see the deep side that people would promote it so much. And I didn't realize how, if like someone posted a picture in like a dress from Zara that all these people are going to go out and buy it. That kind of never came to me in my head until that video. And then I started to get really into it. I watched loads of, there's loads of YouTube documentaries. There's one called The True Cost. I think a lot of people have seen it. It's on Netflix, but it's kind of like the first thing you watch if you're getting into sustainable fashion because it's such an eye opener. It's almost, it's actually really scary. And I think after that, you're almost scared to like shop in fast fashion for so long after that. But um, I would suggest easing yourself into it, kind of not like it is good to get almost a scare and kind of not be able to do it but if you aren't into that easing yourself off fast fashion is really really good and kind of making the odd trip to the charity shop over going to pennies is way better than kind of overwhelming yourself with all this information to the point where you don't want to buy anything yeah that's that's a really good point as well um and as with all kind of um climate change it's not about you know doomism it's about kind of learning and also yeah. not protecting yourself from the information but protecting your mental health is really really important yeah um, oh definitely yeah so that's a really good point um and I was wondering as well because you kind of were talking about your own kind of style and stuff like that and I think when kind of there's kind of trends and stuff like that all the time I think people like don't know how what their own style is um so kind of do you have any advice for people trying to figure out their own style um and taste and yeah kind of even sustainably especially but like yeah kind of how to find your own style um I think kind of taking a step back and realizing what you really like there's so many micro trends going on and it's okay to follow trends to a point but it gets it does reach a point where you're over consuming and just following a trend for the sake of it even though you might not like it so I think taking a step back and looking over trends over maybe the past 10 or 20 years and realizing what you really truly like and kind of sticking to that and then maybe I find Pinterest so good for styling tips so even like making Pinterest boards of clothes that you like and kind of seeing a common like thing between all of them, like all these pictures, they're wearing black ripped jeans. So I'm going to invest in a good pair of black ripped jeans I'll wear for the next 10 years. Um, and kind of just investing in like proper pieces that like have a common thing with all the styles that you like. So it is taking a step back, looking at what you really like, doing your research on Instagram I find going through like people who I know's Instagram and their style, I get so much style inspiration from that. And then heading onto Pinterest and getting some style inspiration there, finding what style you really, really like. Because I don't think you wake up one day kind of being like, oh, I want to dress like this whole style because it's obviously a trend that must kind of inspire you to dress like that. So do take a step back and spend a few weeks researching what clothes that you actually like and try not to look at the trends going on at the moment, look at clothes that were popular maybe two years ago, three years ago and see what you really, really like. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's, that's a really good point. And I think um, even your own Instagram has a lot of like um, kind of fashion inspiration, which is a great place to look. Um, so, yeah. And kind of as a fun question, the idea behind kind of the podcast colors and feel um is that kind of like y2k reclaiming the girly sleep overlook um but with the sustainable development goals obviously thrown in um so what outfit would you give to one of us um to record our podcast wearing oh that's so cool um i kind of just judging from your instagram it gave like big y2k vibes but also with the kind of whole sustainable thing about it i kind of would go with like a funky academia look 
because kind of academia style is bit in, but they're quite dark styles. I kind of would go a little bit more colourful, um, kind of like the new season of Gossip Girl that's out, that kind of style. I think something like that would be really, really cool for you guys. Cool. That's really interesting. Um, where can people listening find you on social media? Um, I'm just on Instagram and it's at your cyber stylist. That's you or um, cyber stylist. A lot of people get it wrong. Like they think it's like your Uber stylist or your cyber cyclist or something. <laughs> Um, but it's your cyber stylist. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much for coming. Um, I'm, I've loved Thank you talking so, to so you. much. Bye. You too. Thank you. See ya. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Stainless Fever Club. Uh, today, Amy, our normal host, is not here, and neither is Kyle or Ayushi, so it's just me, Anna, and Gabby today. Um, but that was an interview with Caitlin from You Are Cyber Stylist, who does style bundles. And it was super concise, enlightening view on fast fashion's impact and how to be more sustainable in fashion. So I could talk for hours about this, but I'm going to let someone else start because I won't stop if I do start. So does anyone have any thoughts on the interview? Just everything was so good. I don't know where to start. There's a lot there. <laughs> This is totally irrelevant to the interview, but I was trying to think of, of like a cool nickname for the three of us. And so far I've gotten to the tasteful trio. So, you know, <laughs> let me know. I love that for us. Genuinely. We should get t-shirts made. No, we shouldn't. Because why? No, Consumerism. Yeah. <laughs> Carol, Carol, Amy and I usually come back and there'll just be us with the tasteful trio t-shirts. You know, they weren't here. They don't get to pick. Um, so who wants to start talking? Or should I just jump into it? Yeah, go on with something. I know you have a lot to say on this. I have pages of notes to say. Like, I think what one thing I really, really liked what Caitlin was talking about was, because um, obviously she runs a shop, right? So like, it will be in her interest to be like, oh yeah, buy from me, like come buy my clothes. Mm. But what she did say, and which I really appreciated, was looking at your own wardrobe first and finding your own personal style. Because I think, especially with social media, there is this like, idea of having an aesthetic and having a persona almost and it, it's it's one of the most dangerous things I think to fashion is having these aesthetics because it creates like a fake persona a fake costume people want to fit in and like be a character like I know right now Lily Rose Depp is like whoever wants to be but in six months when people realize oh that's actually not who I am what's all the clothes you bought gonna do then like I think these aesthetics really lead to like massive over consumerism and I think the key to that is finding a personal style. And so I really liked what she was talking about was looking at your own wardrobe and like finding out what makes you like tick and like incorporating pieces into your life slowly rather than going out and reinventing yourself every six months because it's not sustainable to do that. We all know. Yeah, completely, completely. It's like sometimes people wake up and go, today I am going to be a dark academia you know, inspired, Fairy like, beige, beige plaid only, exclusively. I'm going to throw out all of my clothes and I'm going to hit Shein. And then they'll wake up two weeks later and go, wait, mm. no, I'm feeling grunge. I got to throw out all of my clothes and now I'm a grunge babe. Like You, you can't do that. You know what I mean? Like find yeah. pieces you like from both. Like maybe, maybe what you liked about Dark Academia was the colors and you liked mm. the plaid. Yeah, incorporate that into maybe when you want to dress a bit more grunge, you can still have the plaid, but maybe pair it with a pair of jeans that you know you'll always love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's about finding what's kind of in common with everything that you love. And she did mention that, which I thought was a really good yes. idea. Looking through Pinterest, making a board of everything that excites you and just trying to find the common denominator there. Mm -hmm. Like, that is the best way to go about it because the trend cycle has gotten so fast. Like, oh so like, trends these days last weeks or months which is bizarre to think about because you will literally does anyone remember the green house of sunny dress yes oh my yes, god yes 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 this, where oh are gosh. they now where are they everybody on that. people are cutting them up why yeah like they're it's horrible and if you buy only based on you know trends like this you're gonna have a closet full of clothes you'll hate in a few months literally like literally like just adapt things that you know you love and you know you keep buying like for example I normally shop secondhand but I found 
you know the leather blade the leather blades that everyone's wearing I thought that was super cute and I loved it so much so you know what I went to Topshop and I bought myself a leather blazer because I know I'm going to keep wearing it I know I love it even though it's it's a trend you know what I mean like trends are fine when you know when it's cool to find something that you know you love Mm -hmm. like sometimes you will see a trend and you'll genuinely think yes I'm so happy that's in fashion because now I can buy it and it's readily available to me which is really cool and I think that's the way trends should be used you know to find things that excite you that you can add to your own wardrobe and personal style as well I think like a lot of these things with trends and with how I don't know was it Eva or Anna was saying how short trend cycles have become is that it's like it's like impulse buying but you're not at the counter impulse buying you're kind of and I get it like you do wake up and you're like today I am you know surfer chick only you know this is the new me I've reinvented myself I'm going to learn Spanish and move to Hawaii you know like you have your moments um and you know but like like Anna said then when you've changed your mind about how you feel about that what you do with all the clothes you know and I suppose it mightn't feel like impulse buying if you give it like a week or two and go nah I'm still gonna get it but it might still be and I think especially when you're young and you should have fun with fashion fashion is there to have fun with that is a part of it you know and young people want to they want to change things up they want to do things differently but I think like one of and like social media does drive this whole changing styles instantly because I think you see with like influencers and stuff and even the pressure for them to be wearing different things and to be making new videos like you could see a TikTok video and they could go through seven outfits Mm. and like TikTokers might produce three TikTok videos a day do you know what I mean and if they're wearing the same thing people be like you know looking at them um so I think that does drive it a bit but also what I have liked in social media is the rise of kind of reinventing stuff um or like the knitters and the crocheters we have a crochet in our group Anna raise your hand but like I've seen so many videos where people are like maybe they got a dress or top or whatever and it's not quite them anymore but instead of like tossing it out they've decided that they're gonna like you know chop this out or add in mm-hmm. some lace and you know and it's good it's practical skills like sewing and stuff which everyone should be able to do anyway um so that is one thing I've liked with the rise of like social media and things like that you know mm. I think True. I think social media has had one of the worst effects of fashion like in the entire world like if we're talking about aesthetics like I was talking about aesthetics earlier like there's a French philosopher and he invented the Diderot effect so it's like the obsession with obtaining new possessions after new possessions because it creates a spiral of consumption Mm. so like if you want to be like say like academia and you like okay I have to buy like brown pants and a brown shirt and then everything else in my wardrobe doesn't go with that so I have to buy something else to match that and something else to match that and something else to match that and then it creates this like effect of buying things to fit in and to feel cohesive like with this certain aesthetic that's not actually you that's not your personal style and then like with I mean, if you think of fashion, like even 20 years ago, people, when they were inspired by fashion, it was due to magazines, TV, movies, celebrities. But those things weren't as frequent and as oversaturated Mm. as social media Mm. is. Like fashion is essentially two seasons, spring and summer and autumn, winter. Like all the shows will have two two shows, spring and summer and autumn, winter. But now fashion has become almost too accessible in the sense that it's, Everyone can have a social media platform. Everyone can become semi-famous if they try and if they work at it. And like Gabby said, like they're creating three TikToks a day with seven different outfits in each video and each like little TikTok. Of course, there's gonna be an like an influx of new clothing, but like these like micro trends that are popping up are lasting weeks, like weeks, not even months anymore. Like they're literally lasting weeks and. The problem with them isn't even that they just disappear. It's that they're hated on. So they're turned upon. So people don't even yeah. want to like rewear them. People don't even want to like eat, like keep them. They want to get rid of them because it's like... Because they look so dated shoogie. almost. Yeah, so not the word, word. I literally, no. I, could have a, I have such a problem with that word because like... It's just another word for outdated, but it's stupid because it's 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 saying outdated, but it's saying it as a like, oh, you're so outdated, you're so shoogy, you're so embarrassing to wear that. It's not even outdated. It's like, oh, it's embarrassing to be that. And like, I think influencers in general have like a big effect on this. And like, 
I'm not like blaming influencers for like the whole world's problems. Uh, but even like I was listening to Emma Chamberlain's podcast the other day and it was a podcast about fast fashion and trendy pieces versus timeless pieces. And I thought like everything she was saying was like super accurate, but she failed to acknowledge that she was the one setting some of these trends. True. Like yeah. she was talking mm. about it as if it wasn't, it was separate from her. I'm not blaming Emma for anything. Please don't come at me, Emma Stance. The hypocrisy is there. Yeah. You know? And she, it was almost like they, she didn't realize that like, she's probably one of the biggest trendsetters in fashion right now for young girls so like when you think of like social media and microtrends in general like the 20 year rule that you that exists in fashion of like 20 like every 20 years like comes back in so every, like the six like the 70s the 2000s are coming back in now because it's 20 years 40 years 60 years back but the part of microtrends is there pieces from these eras and decades but they're exaggerated so they're not everyday common items that you'd wear like the house sunny dress the green dress not and no one's gonna wear that every single day out shopping but it has that like 70s pattern and style and that everyone loved that aesthetic but when they bought it and they were like oh okay now everyone has it and everyone's wearing it i don't want to wear it anymore i have to get rid of it i have to cut it up and set fire i've seen people set fire <laughs> to that expensive beautiful knit dress and it makes me so sad like it really it does because even i think when you think about you know the 70s and the 80s and the 90s you think of like specific pieces like for the 70s you'll think of oh yeah they were flares like maybe paisley patterns things like that and you wouldn't be able to pinpoint trends to the month mm-hmm. like to the week exactly. of the month like even like i can think okay vivian westwood pearl necklace that was yes. exactly 2021 may to june like <laughs> is that not insane how you can do that it's insane and like if you think of even I think this happened like I think you can pinpoint the exact moment where this started to take effect it's it's 2010s because can you think of specific pieces from 2010s it's very hard (laughs) okay yeah but they were existed before 2010s they existed like way before 2010s but it's hard it's very hard to think of specific specific pieces from the past decade that like Mm. represent that entire decade because there was so much because one the world was pretty much like in a recession so you know people were buying cheaper items and two, there was a desire to have more fun with fashion because of the fact people were like in a bad place. Like, if you look at economics and fashion, they go hand in hand. Like, it's actually kind of spooky how hand in hand they go. But like, 2010s were the first sort of era of social media and like the first like, time where people started like taking influence from ordinary people rather than celebrities. And it became so much more accessible. And therefore, there was this like, there's so many mini trends that it's very hard to define a set style from that decade, mm-hmm. which is completely different to any of our previous decades like any previous decade you look at you can def- you can pick a set style from so I like social media is directly affected i think a big part of it is kind of what you said earlier eve is that like essentially everyone can be an influencer nowadays i mean if you go back into the past let's say the people who people were taking you know like style inspiration from were probably a number of supermodels um and then very famous film actresses and then maybe kind of women who would have been prominent in you know for some other reason um like you know Jackie Kennedy or like say like Princess Diana mm-hmm. um you know both those people were limited to the public in a way if you know what I mean you know a there was only a certain amount of them you know um and b you couldn't like go online and look them up and then see all the pictures you know you either had to get pictures in a magazine or in a paper or you know, so there was sort of, I suppose, a limit to how much you could view them, if yeah. that makes any sense. Whereas exactly. now, like Eve said, it's just a case of like going on to like Instagram. And if someone like, let's say Kylie Jenner posts a picture in a dress on Instagram, people go insane. Like everyone goes to buy it. Do you know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. so people like social media has kind of brought a rise in terms of microtrends because suddenly a new thing is trendy and you have to have it and you have to have it. I think it's nearly like the kid in a candy shop effect. It's like mm-hmm. going, ooh, 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 ooh. You know, like you don't know which way to turn your head because there's so much information coming at yeah. you. Yeah, and also you want to be things. the first person to have the item as mm. well. Like yeah. you see it and you have to have it now because then everyone <laughs> else will have it and it's not cool anymore. And then yes. when everyone else has it, you can't wear it anymore because it's chuggy. But um, <laughs> on a slightly different topic, what I thought about what you said about um like the benefits of secondhand shopping I thought that was so nice because I think some people view it as a sacrifice or a chore or a punishment for being sustainable like I'm sustainable so I can only buy secondhand 
guys is that not a horrible thing for me but she honestly brought like up the really really positive and really fun aspects of sustainable shopping which I actually loved you know because you know even making a day out of it turning it into a challenge with your friends those are really nice ways to go about it and kind of almost falling in love with secondhand shopping because it's it's an experience it definitely is it is not easy especially if you feel like you don't have if your body isn't of the normal I suppose types like if you're maybe plus size or something like that honestly a lot of my plus size friends do say that they do have to shop online or like use Shein and things mm-hmm. like that for affordable clothing that honestly suits their body really nicely and so there's a time and place for everything I feel like yeah, you know what yeah. I mean especially when it comes to using fast fashion I think it's about selecting pieces and it is quite honestly I would say a privilege to be able to say that's like you can just pick a bit from fast fashion and then a bit from sustainable clothing because yes. a lot of people can't mm-hmm. do that and we kind of have to recognize that but if you have the means to just say maybe buy your basics like buy your jeans and maybe buy like classics like you know crops tops and things like that from from H&M your Zara and all that and then you can kind of supplement the extra bits from from your local charity shops I think that's a really fun way to do things and you know beyond being good for the planet you can find really unique pieces that you will fall in love with and I think it's more gratifying in a way finding a piece that you really do love in a charity shop Mm -hmm. and you almost want to wear it more because you're proud of it like like, when your friends ask where you got something you go yeah yeah Got a shop. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, like we can't talk about sorry Gabby we can't talk about fast fashion without acknowledging like the whole issue of affordability but the difference between um certain say like I the the fast shop fast fashion shop I shop the most at is Zara and I shop there because when they do trends they don't do exaggerated trends they're quite timeless takes on trends so like something you'd see maybe Bershka compared to like the same similar trend in Zara is a lot more muted and a lot more timeless and also I prefer their like I think they have the staple jeans and I think they're good quality and I have jeans there from five years ago that I still wear today so like it's not about never ever ever shopping in fast fashion like there it's impossible for people to not especially like in our demographic our age group to not like shop in fast fashion because we're not rich you know mm-hmm. what I mean but like it's the people who spend like people who need to shop at fashion or need to shop like say at like I don't want to talk about Shein because I don't think they are the one people will shop for if they need to I think people will go to pennies or H&M I don't think I think Shein do trendy clothes rather than essential clothes people actually do need and I think the problem with Shein is that people who do shop at Shein like their target Shein's target marketing group is not people who can't afford to shop like same clothing their target marketing group is people who can afford to shop and who can spend who can afford to spend hundreds of euro in their shop on these trendy pieces that are low quality and won't last and you won't wear like it's not people who like need to buy fast fashion are not the problem and do not basically really contribute to fast fashion that much like the problem of it people who shop just because they want to have the trendy pieces are the problem like if you can afford to spend hundreds of euro on like 20 different pieces from Shein that you're only going to wear once then you can afford to spend the same amount of money on maybe five to ten pieces from a good quality brand or a sustainable brand that are actually staples and essential pieces in your wardrobe and that comes down to having your own personal style again that she was talking about you know what I think is a good quote for this um it's from Vivian Westwood who is a really prominent um fashion stylist and like fashion director but um buy less choose well and make it last to me those that's the way you summarize it into literally three words like not obviously you're not going to be able to cut everything out fast fashion wise but buy what you need choose it well when you do things that you genuinely love and use them for a long time whether that means like you know changing it up a bit maybe tailoring it to fit you better whatever it will take for you to buy less choose well and make it last I think that's the ones to live by for me yeah because like I think this conversation it's not about being a hypocrite do you know what I mean you know because like I know myself and I know probably everyone here I have bought fast fashion I still do buy fast fashion you know like in a way it's nearly an escapable an inescapable part of life you know um and again it does fit into the conversation about you know um body types and accessibility to clothing that way and also like price and the expense of it but I think clothing like fast fashion you know clothing from the likes of like Eve was saying Zara H&M you know um, Bershka and stuff it might not necessarily be made in the most sustainable way 
but you can wear it in a sustainable way. Do you know what I mean? You know, like I know I have pieces in my closet and obviously I think when you're a teenager, you grow quite quickly, you change quite quickly, you know, but I have pieces in my closet that I could have had for like, let's say three or four years and I've stopped growing now really. So I'm probably going to have them for another few years um, because I've looked after them and they still fit, you know, um, and I didn't kind of just buy them on a whim and then go, oh, I don't want that anymore, you know, and then for clothing that became too small, it was a case of giving it to friends, younger siblings, you know, or giving it to cousins um, or giving it or giving it to a charity shop. You know, so like there is a way to, I suppose, wear fast fashion sustainably. It mightn't be made very sustainably, but what you do with it when you get it is something else, you know. But I think an important thing around the whole conversation is moderation, you know, and even moderation when it comes to buying secondhand, you know, it's kind of a question, you know, and obviously people like to buy fun pieces that are a bit outrageous and you wear them to parties and they're, they're exciting, you know, fashion's exciting. But I think even if you go into a charity shop and you might be kind of like, oh, I'm buying from a charity shop, it's sustainable. I'm buying secondhand, I'm buying vintage, it's sustainable. But if you get a piece and you don't really love it and then you never wear it, what was the point? What was the point in buying it? You know, so I think that's maybe part of it. You know, obviously um, buying sustainably or making clothing sustainably is a part of the sustainable clothing movement, you know, um, while acknowledging that, you know, people kind of, they do buy fast fashion, you know, and to a certain extent, you might have to, like, I know myself, denim, I would not be able to find jeans that would, like, fit properly <laughs> otherwise, do you yeah. know what I mean, you know, so I do buy them from stores that sell fast fashion, um, because, like, you know, <laughs> you need a pair of jeans to wear around the place, but I think it's kind of like shopping in moderation and taking into consideration whether or not you'll wear pieces again rather than just wearing them once and then kind of throwing them away you know yeah. it's an important part to remember the sustainability trend um sorry Eve you've been dying to get in for ages I can tell I am loving everything you're saying I literally am I agree with everything I call it shopping consciously so a yeah. few years ago when I, I think I was probably like 12 or something and I started discovering that money exists and like the money has value um well and I, that I love fashion so I started as a way for me to save money. And now when I started learning about sustainability and about fashion and the impact on the environment, I turned it into a way of shopping. I call it shopping consciously. So being aware of what you're buying, but more importantly, why you're buying it. So like to start with, the most sustainable clothes are the ones already in your wardrobe. Okay. Don't mm. beat yourself up over buying fast fashion in the past. Okay. Everyone does it. It happened. Okay. But we might, I'm, I'm thinking we might do a guide in this on our Instagram. I want to check our Instagram with Stainless Superbook Club because I think it could be a good little Instagram guide. But for me, what I've decided to do with the past, like, I think three years is I went to my wardrobe and I'm a lover of fashion. I love fashion. I want to work in fashion, even though I know it's so bad for the environment, but I want to like be a part of the conscious movement like Caitlin is doing. Um, and I also am a shopping addict, self-confessed <laughs> shopping addict. But I went to my wardrobe and I basically wrote down everything that I had and everything that I wanted and then everything that I needed. So for example, I call it, it's not a, you know, capsule wardrobe, capsule wardrobe is like limited amount of items that are like essential or staples. You can wear mm -hmm. at any time, any season. It's not technically a capsule wardrobe, but I call it capsule wardrobe because it's what I want to have in my capsule wardrobe. So for example, like I ha I always I love jeans. I only wear jeans like I don't really wear other pants. Um, so like for me, my jeans I don't want to say collection. I don't have a collection of jeans, but I have a few jeans. But like on my list that to get like to need is straight A line or straight like denim mid wash jeans. And then my jeans like collection is done. Like I don't need to buy any more jeans because I have every like style that mm. I could possibly want. Like I'm not gonna wear crazy flares or like something. So why would I buy them just for the trend? You know. And like, I think this is a really good way if you do like, like fashion and you do like shopping is because it gives you such a clarity when you're buying something, you can ask yourself, is this something that I already have? Is this something that I need to fit in my wardrobe to be a staple in my wardrobe? That's an essential part that I would wear it on the regular or is it something that I just want? And like, I mean, everyone buys into trends. It's not like, don't beat yourself up, but like be mindful of what you're buying and why you're buying it. Like I always ask myself like, 
am I buying this because it's on sale or am I buying all oh, they pay full price for this? If I don't pay full price for it, I wouldn't buy it. Or like, am I buying this because it's a trend or am I buying this because I saw it on Pinterest? Um, like, and it's, it's just like a few simple questions you can ask yourself and it just kind of gets you into like, why am I buying this? Like, am I going to wear this? Do I have three outfits that I know I can wear this like with right now, my wardrobe right now? Do I need to buy something else to fit? with this piece if so then don't buy it because that's just like leading to overconsumption so mm. like it's not about necessarily like ending all shopping or ending fashion or like becoming a minimalist because i think minimalism is so toxic i could talk <laughs> about that in a minute but it's about being conscious of what you're buying like you said like go to charity shops for unique pieces you know what i mean for like because you can find super cool pieces um and then like for your staples like i said i buy my jeans from zara because they fit me like perfectly and like that's like where i'll always get my jeans like because and they have like the staple cuts and fits and everything but like just be aware of like when you're shopping mm. and why why you're doing yeah. it like i think that's so important i think like you're saying eve and if it's like if it's financially viable for you planning a wardrobe is a really yes. great way to sort of figure out if you're over consuming or to try and cut down on consumption you know mm. and like like you're saying staples you know I do kind of I do believe in staples you know I think it's good to have like like I I think you you base your staples around your lifestyle do you know what I mean you know and yes. how you live and I know myself I'd be like okay um it's Ireland it's cold a decent good coat um <laughs> you know decent <laughs> pair of jeans that I could like wear places you know a good blazer um mm. you know so like it's around my life and like what I do and stuff you know but they're like okay I'm like these are the things I will wear and rewear and probably wear until they have like holes <laughs> in them and I will patch the holes and I will wear them some more you know yeah. um, and then I think around that it is kind of it's fun pieces and you know stuff that you like and is cute and I think also like you know like one piece items are one thing like dresses and stuff because they mm -hmm. can be worn as a whole um, but even with dresses and stuff, you might pair them with a jacket. So I think like it's important to look at your closet and recognize, do these things work together? When you're buying yes, clothes, yes, yes, yes. is it going to work with stuff that's already in my wardrobe or am I getting it with something else and then I'll always wear them together? You know, can I mix and match this? Like I even know myself, you know, this summer I had not bought I've not bought clothes specifically for summer in two years because um, the <laughs> pandemic started and yeah. then the heat went um, and it was so hot and I was mm -hmm. like oh my god I cannot walk around in a tracksuit anymore I'm gonna roast to death so I went and I like got a few pieces um you know like skirts and tops that were you know a bit lighter and stuff and I went okay I can wear these in summer and they're nice I know they'll last um but I found myself looking at things and going, oh, I love that. Oh, that's so cute. But then I'm kind of going, does it work with anything in my wardrobe? It doesn't. And mm. I found myself like putting things back and going, no, I won't wear it if I can't wear it with something else. There's no point to me getting a top that I cannot wear with a pair of bottoms that I already have or that I'm like planning to get because I knew I needed them anyway. Yes. So I'm like, okay, I'll put it back and there's something else I love that will work you know so I think that's a way of kind of you know planning planning what you buy around what you already have is a really good way of avoiding kind of buying things a little bit impulsively and then realizing that you don't wear it because you mm -hmm. don't know how to wear it you know exactly and I think like with like having a personal style I think it's I think it's so important to I always say, if you feel confident, if you feel comfortable, you look good. Like if you feel mm. confident, you look good. And like you can put the same outfit on two people. And if one person doesn't, it's not their style and they don't feel confident, the other person's going to look better. No matter what, like any aesthetic purposes, any features of their actual being, wearing what you like and what you feel confident will always, always, always look good. No matter what it is, we will always look good. And like when you're, say, okay, you talk about blazers, you mentioned blazers. And I think like they're a staple right they've been staples throughout fashion like look at fashion years and they're always bit there but every piece has certain trends like in the 2010s what was kind of popular with blazers was like bright colors like bright teals and, and pinks often cropped quite tight fitting and now recently we've seen like the leather blazers i was talking about and they're quite oversized and they're quite like baggy and like often they're in dark colors so if you are if you do think oh i actually really like the trend of blazers they've been around forever they're a timeless piece 
think about also like what kind of cut and fit do I like what gonna suit me like maybe don't get something that's like super bright color maybe get like a neutral color you can wear every day and like a fit that's not like super oversized so it looks like a costume piece but not super tight you can be comfortable in it too so like think of what like how it trends apply to you rather than trying to fit yourself into the trend you know it's about you at the end of the day it's not about like trying to be someone you're not or trying to fit into a persona or a character like mm-hmm. it's about what you like and how you want to adapt that into your yeah. lifestyle absolutely like I mean clothes that you feel comfortable and confident in you are so much more likely to wear you know and I think mm-hmm. there's so many things that come with fashion that like I've only really become aware of in the past few years like how color works on you how cuts work Mm. on you you know like I know when I was like younger um maybe when I was like 10 or 12 I'd worn stuff in neon neon goes so badly against my skin tone (laughs) it looks horrendous you know I don't think I have a single thing in like a bright neon shade in my closet because they just do not look good I won't wear them you know like pastels work on me softer browns and stuff and that's what I wear you know but I think that's the thing and you can like google or you can go um and again if you can afford it and I know it might be something that maybe older women might do but you could go and chat to a stylist if if you can you know and see what cuts will work on you know your body type and obviously you know all for like wearing what you want regardless Mm -hmm. of the type of body you have but I think nonetheless you know it is acknowledged that in fashion different cuts will look better on you depending on you know how broad your shoulders are or what kind of body shape you are you know so like knowing this information and then knowing what to do with it Mm -hmm. um is good too even if you decide now I'm still gonna wear my bright orange t-shirt because I love it well that's chill you feel confident in it you know and that's good um but I think often people feel most confident in outfits that they know look good on them even if they might necessarily know why they look good and often they can look good because the shape is flattering or the color is good you know so I started this with a point and went off on a tangent. (laughs) You're going, you're getting there. (laughs) I do think like that's one of the things in fashion, you know, and I know myself ever since I kind of discovered what color palette looked good on me, you know, I was obsessed with the idea of like wearing things in tan. And then I was told tan, tan just doesn't suit you. It doesn't, you know, you can wear it if you want, but it's not going to look great. And ever since I've kind of put things back and I've kind of gone, okay, I know that I might go oh tan yes but I also know I look in the mirror and I won't feel Feel good about it I won't feel confident about it because Mm -hmm. I'll I'll recognize that the color doesn't suit me so I put it back and I'll go okay you know let's look for things in colors that work on me you know um Eve <laughs> no like that is such an important point like and I remember oh god when I was younger I used to read like a lot of fashion books and fashion blogs and magazines and there was one thing I always hated and it was the whole body shape like where body shape like you're an apple you're a pear and like that's not what we're talking about at all I want to make that very clear at the very start of this conversation because we're not talking about limiting yourself to like what the media says you have to wear but it is so true that you have a tone in your skin tone of your eyes your hair your body shape but everyone looks different and not, there's nothing wrong with that at all obviously and there are hundreds of videos on youtube that can help you figure this stuff out if you're kind of confused there are hundreds of articles hundreds of videos on youtube so go search if you're interested but like i'm the same way like i never ever ever wear dark clothing like navy is the most dark clothing i'll wear because it just washes me out and i don't like feel confident in it like i won't wear black because i feel very confident i feel very like I don't know sickly in it almost so all my wardrobe is quite like neutral colors or pops of pink because I love pink I'm not like pink necessarily doesn't even go with my skin tone I just love pink so much so I like like wearing pink um and I say my cuts like I used to like really love mom jeans like I was like into them like, I was like yes these are my thing like I love mom jeans <laughs> because they were comfortable oh my god they do not suit me at all now I wear like baggier jeans like boyfriend style jeans that are a little loose around the thighs because I have thick thighs um which, but it's just like for me I prefer but you can you can wear whatever you want I'm not saying you have to wear this but for me like finding that cut of jean that I love I feel so confident now wearing those jeans I love because it was just like oh my gosh like this is what I feel confident and my friends have complimented me so much on these jeans that I wear because they're my favorite jeans I, I was think, gonna have to say something else but I can't put them on I think that's it I think that's the point that we were getting to in the past five minutes is yes. that clothing you feel confident in you will rewear you'll mm. rewear and you'll love it you know um and I think that's kind of the the core part of sustainability in fashion is rewearing clothing 
yes you know and reusing it and fixing it up you know when it's damaged or whatever you know like I've always said like there's necessary life skills that people should know you know um and I do kind of a part of me does kind of think you know should life skills be brought in as a mandatory subject in schools um it is a fourth year but we didn't do anything so (laughs) But like, I think like knowing how to do things like, you know, that's, it's a really important part of like, aside from like, you know, knowing how to cook and clean mm-hmm. and all that, um, which are necessary to look after yourself. It's also important to know how to sew, you know, yes. basic things like learning how to sew on a button or how to fix a hem and things, you know, can stretch clothing out so much longer and make it last, mm-hmm. you know, rather than people kind of going, oh, it's broken, you know, better tossed, you know, you can learn how to fix things and how to mend things and that's a really, I think, kind of, you know, intrinsic part of the sustainability movement is um, reusing, you know, mm-hmm. and revamping and fixing um, things. And I think like a really lost art is tailoring because altering your clothes, like last, uh, in, the, in the quarantine, I, I bought a sewing machine and I t- kind of taught myself, so I'm not very good. Um, I really want to take lessons, but obviously because COVID, there's no lessons like anywhere, like there used to be lessons like in the night time in my school but they're not anymore um but tailoring and altering your clothes like doesn't actually cost as much as you might think it does like I know it's a bit of like a thing people it's kind of so kind of pretentious in our society nowadays to get your t- clothes tailored but it's not as expensive as you think and it, it oh my god it's amazing my friend lived in South Korea for two years and she got all her jeans tailored there and she came home and I was like oh my god those jeans look amazing on you like where did you get them she's like I've had these forever like I just got them tailored and I was like oh my god like it's having clothes that I'm Caitlin even said it in her in thing like she always asks like not even their measurements but how they like their clothes to fit you know how they like she customers like her clothes to fit and like it's so important because like well-fitting clothes is just like it automatically looks better and that like when when I talk about like buying a trendy piece versus like a timeless piece it also it goes to how like the cut of it is because often cuts that are trendy are not very <laughs> like in the long term you're not gonna like how it looks on your body <laughs> like if you look back at the picture at 20 years like is this like a good cut for me maybe not and like another thing I think this year quarantine has taught me my mom has suddenly pulled out all her old clothes and has given them to me and I was like why did I cut these earlier because she has so many cute pieces that she's kept for years and now whenever I go to buy something or wherever I go to my I was doing a wardrobe like clean up the other day like to give to my cousins because I have lost little cousins and I honestly, I this is my first time like not really having a lot of stuff to give to them because like in the past I used to like just buy things just to buy things and like this mm-hmm. past two years I've really been conscious of what I'm buying so there's, there wasn't much that like the stuff I was giving away was stuff that didn't fit me more well than stuff I didn't like so that was cool but my cousins are probably gonna miss out on my my hand me downs <laughs> but what I'm starting to think about is would I save this for my kids like would I say is this a good quality piece that will last is this a piece that will last this test of time in terms of trends. And like, if it isn't, like, why would I buy that now? Because I'm going to look back in 20 years and say, oh, that was a waste of money. Or, oh, why did I contribute to fast fashion and something that wasn't even going to last? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's so true. Like on your earlier point of tailoring, it is a really good point in all fairness. You know, I think people might look at tailoring as something kind of like slightly snobby. It sounds like it. (laughs) But like, I think, you know, like in all fairness, if you go out and you see a piece of clothing that you love that you absolutely love but it's just not quite right it's slightly too loose let's say on the chest or it doesn't quite fit right or the length isn't quite right I mean if you know you're going to really wear that you know and you love it otherwise you know a good tailor for maybe like five or ten euro can fix that problem you know Mm. and that can often for you end up being cheaper than you going off and buying like two other pieces that you didn't really love as much mm-hmm. and you don't end up wearing them you know like yeah. I know I know myself and I know most girls probably my age the most experience you've had with tailoring is was like for me it was going in in first year to ask for my school skirt to be brought mm. up three inches <laughs> so hanging around my ankles um you know, but it is a really good point, you know, and I yeah. think it's maybe something that people only kind of end up doing like later in life, you know, but tailoring as well, especially when you're younger, you know, it does lead to things to like longevity of clothing as well, yes. you know, and I know my skirt, we tailored it, but I didn't cut it. So I might have taken it up that length. And then when I grew, I could take it down and, exactly. you know, 
it was perfectly good. It was perfectly fine school. So those things are bomb proof anyway. You know? <laughs> so like it was it was lasting and it was great. You know, so in all fairness, it is, you know, if jeans are slightly too long, but you are still growing, you know, have the hem sewed up a couple of inches, you know, and then yeah. continue to wear them. You know, it is um it is, you know, an option. Um, I think that maybe people kind of don't think, think of about. or don't know about as much. Yeah. You know. And like when clothes fit you, you're gonna wear them more because you feel confident mm. in them. Like it's just like Yeah. That is and like I know we're dragging this on a little bit, but for a minute I do want to talk about like why does fashion like matter to like a lot of people mm. and like why it's I don't think see, I know we're obviously all advocates here on the podcast for, you know, like just transition and like, you know, saving the planet basically <laughs> that sounds very dramatic but like it is what we talk about a lot of the time but fashion I don't think is really going to go away because it's been there forever since the beginning of time like I think we have a very westernized view of fashion and the way we view it as only an aesthetic purpose and only something to like a luxury thing or a desire to be perceived a certain way but fashion is one of the most powerful art actually to quote Blair Waldorf fashion is one of the most powerful art form there is it's movement design architecture all in one it shows the world who we are and who we'd like to be it's art culture and history and everything combined and it's so true because there's a, a fashion photographer her name is uh, Fatima Hosseini I think her to pronounce it but she's a fashion photographer in Afghanistan and she takes pictures that push the sort of boundaries on cultural norms in that country and like she really focuses on like women and like their faces and like their clothing is so beautiful and so intricate and it's not just an aesthetic point of view it's like a culture and it's a history and it's symbolism and it's fashion is one of the most powerful forms of self-expression there is and I think like if you're talking about that whole like generational effect of fashion compared to micro trends and fast fashion like you think people get lost in this view that fashion is only something to like be almost like mm. I don't want to be like kind of like that um stereotype of like the fashionista girl right like the kind yeah. of snotty fashionista girl who always like buys things and is like ultra privileged and doesn't realize it but fashion is more than that fashion is is one of the easiest ways to communicate who you are as a person and one of the most obvious yet subtle ways of indicating like your self-identity and I think that's it's just such an important point to like Round, not to round don't finish if you don't want to but to round the podcast is like why fashion is important so like Gabby, mm. why is it important to you i think that's true Eve. like fashion is fashion's a form of self-expression i think mm. you know and it's a really important form of self-expression for people and it is when you meet people when you go out it's probably the first thing that someone's going to see about you is how you dressed and what you're wearing you know and it can really kind of it can really improve people's confidence or it can bring down people's confidence if they don't feel confident in the clothing they're wearing. So it is a really important form of self-expression. Um, you know, and I think, like, I know myself, I love fashion. And I know Eve, I know you love fashion, <laughs> you know. And sometimes I think it can be difficult to kind of, like, temper that with the side of me that's, like, sustainability, yes, you know. Yes, yes. Um, but I also know that, like, I do love fashion and I love colour and art and I find it really interesting and really creative, you know. And I think it's moving forward in a way that is equitable for all in terms of fashion, in terms of the, the producers, you know, the workers. I mean, one thing we didn't really touch on much in this conversation, but I do know that Amy put in earlier on the conversation is who makes our clothes, you know, um, like what kind of life do they have? Um, because for some, it mightn't be a very good one, you know, um, and I think it's moving famine for our and moving fashion forward in a just way you know where you can still have fun with fashion and experiment with fashion but that fashion could be more sustainable you mm. know for a more sustainable future um because it is an important part of society you know um and it's not going away any way anytime soon but I think it's you know lining up fashion and sustainability so they can kind of meet each other in the middle you know um because it's not impossible it can be done you know it just requires people to get on board with it you know and it requires companies to get on board with it um 
Now, I do think that Eve and I could go on about fashion for the next three hours. Yes, we should, um, of course. Like four yeah. hours, five hours, six hours. Maybe, maybe we chat. should just set up a fashion podcast, Eve. Maybe we should, um, like, honestly. <laughs> but um, I think we will let you go. Yeah. Um, just Eve, before we end, I just want to say, there is, obviously, we didn't touch on the dark side of fast fashion. And I think it, most people who listen to this podcast would know. There are so many resources you guys can find. Uh, even Caitlin mentioned a few of them earlier in the podcast. Like... There, if you want to get educated, there's really, really, really good resources there. But I think what we want to focus on as a podcast is uh, the youth that can relate to us and like how we mm. can improve ourselves. And like everyone knows the effects fashion has on the environment and how negative that can be. But that doesn't mean you have to blame yourself necessarily all the time. Mm. Like obviously we always talk about, you know, like focusing on um corporations rather than individuals and etc so if you can don't support these fast fashion companies that you know are like having negative effects on the environment and negative work conditions but it's not exactly accessible for everyone to do that so we might be posting our instagram about this but when you are buying things and shopping just shop consciously and be aware of what you're buying try to find you know sustainable brands that work to your budget or people like caitlin who are doing some really cool things with like charity shops and and vintage fashion and like it's not you know, fashion is always going to be there. So just be conscious of what you're buying. So thank you to Caitlin also for coming on. Go check out her Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's you are a cyber stylist. Check out our Instagram, Stay with Super Club podcast. And Gabby, take it away, girl. Coolio. Okay, okay. Um, second everything Eve said. Um, and I'm going to do the countdown. So I think Ado and three. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. Also, you can read the entire transcript of every episode in the link to our Google Drive, which you can find on our Instagram. Once again, online youth information chat is live from 4pm to 8pm, Monday to Friday at ymca-ireland.net slash question or find YMCA at YI Young Voices. You can find our Instagram account at Sustainable Steepover Club because we'd love to engage with you, our listeners. Every second Thursday, we will release a new episode. But for now, slán! Mm-hmm.